welcome back to Torah Today Ministries as we begin a new series called Sage Advice. This series is going to introduce you to the various sages of Israel, and, and that needs a little explanation. Um, I don't know of any other religion, including Christianity, that has what we would call sages, but Israel is replete with them. And by a sage, I mean someone who is incredibly wise and intelligent, in fact, a genius. Sometimes these sages are referred to as Torah geniuses. And by that, I mean they are born usually with a photographic memory. And not only can they memorize and have the entire Hebrew scriptures memorized, but also entire volumes, uh, vast volumes of, of uh, Hebraic writings. And not only do they have them memorized, but their knowledge of them and intimacy with these texts is such that you can name a theme or a particular word and they can immediately go through the entire Bible and tell you every place that word is found in its context. And um, their knowledge goes beyond encyclopedic. It goes almost to the level of a, a supercomputer. It, it's amazing. And again, I don't know of any religion that has anything that quite reaches the level of these Torah geniuses. Now, some of them were more brilliant even than others. And uh, probably the most brilliant of all of them is the Vilna Gon. And uh, we'll be talking about him in a later episode. So, uh, when it comes to presenting these, I don't have any particular order in which to do so, but Choosing the first one, the one to start with, was a no-brainer. And that first Torah sage is, of course, going to be Rashi. Now, I need to explain these names. Um, these sages go by names like Rashi, Rambam, Ramban, Ralbag, Rock, uh, Ramchal, and they have these very odd-sounding names. But those are not really the individual's names. Um, just to make like a shorthand to identify these various sages, what the Jewish people have done is this. The name of this first sage is actually Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki. So they take the R and the SH and the Y and come up with Rashi. And that is what is done with all these very odd naming sounds. So Rashi is simply a shorthand way of identifying Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki. So let's get right into it and, uh, and begin to take a look at who this individual was. And throughout this series, I'll give you a little biographical information about the individual. Uh, and then the writings that are most famous for. And then maybe an excerpt or two from what they've written. And hopefully, I'll whet your appetite to maybe uh, delve into some of these uh, men of great wisdom. And let me add this one caveat. These men were not perfect. They were not Messiah. They were still human. And so you take everything they write and you have to weigh for yourself what to accept and what to reject. Uh, as one wise man told me when I was young, he said, eat the meat and spit out the bones. And that's what we must do with all of these. And what they write is not scripture, but it's rich insights and commentary on the scripture. But again, you're responsible for weighing for yourself what is true and what is accurate, and then weeding out the things that maybe not so much, or at least not right now. 
So here we go. Rashi lived from 1040 to 1105. So this put him a few centuries before the invention of the printing press. So his works are all written by hand and copied by hand for a few centuries until finally they could be put in print. His home was in France, though he spent much of his young life in Germany. And his works are comprised primarily of commentaries on the Tanakh, and the word Tanakh means the Torah, Nevim, Ketuvim, the three parts of the Hebrew Scriptures, the Law, the Prophets, and the Writings. And he is buried in Troyes, and I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that correctly, in France. Now, his works are so pervasive that if you open up just about any printed Komish, and I shared the Art Scroll Komish in a teaching uh, recently in the, uh, one of the Parsha seasonings, and if you open any Komish, printed Komish, you're more than likely to find Rashi's commentaries there. So let me show you a, a two-page spread from the Art Scroll Komish. Up here on the right, we have the Hebrew, and we're looking here at tract, uh, not tractate, but Parsha Devarim, the opening chapters of the book of Deuteronomy, which happens to be this week's Torah portion. So there it is in Hebrew. Over here, we have it translated into English. Here, we have the Aramaic translation of the Hebrew. And then down through here and over here, this is all English commentary. But this section here in the red rectangle is Rashi's commentary. And as I said, in most printed editions of a Komish, you'll find Rashi's commentary right there because it's considered to be of the highest order and has the preeminence of all the Torah commentators through history. Now, when it has this commentary there, unfortunately, it's all written in Hebrew. It's printed in Hebrew. So unless you are uh, fluent in reading Hebrew, it may not do you a lot of good. And also, it's printed in what's called Rashi script. This is not your typical looking Hebrew font that Torah scrolls and other Hebrew books are printed in. And uh, we're not sure if Rashi himself designed this type of print or if it was something that was designed a little later to make it easier to print his books, we don't know. But the theory is, is that Rashi invented this so he could print Hebrew more quickly. Some Hebrew letters require three, four, or maybe even five strokes. Whereas with the Rashi script, none of the letters except possibly this one right here requires more than two strokes. So you can form the letter much more quickly and, and zip along. And also, not only was Rashi an expert in the Torah, he was an expert in Talmud. And in any printed editions of the Talmud these days, uh, you find the, the Mishnah and Gemara in the middle column. But over in this, and I've highlighted it in yellow, over here in the yellow is, once again, Rashi's commentary on the Talmud. And it's considered so authoritative that it's included right on the printed page with the Talmud. So let's take a look at some of the things Rashi has accomplished and some things that earmark his life. First of all, he's mostly known because he wrote commentaries on most of the Tanakh and most of the Talmud. 
He died before he completed the entire Tanakh and the entire Talmud, but there's only four or five books of the Tanakh that he did not write commentaries on. So he was quite the commentator. Rashi's primary focus was on the Peshat of the text. Peshat means the plain surface meaning. Um, in our series called um, uh, Tools for Talmudim, which is a series that will focus on how to study the Bible. One of the early episodes will be, I haven't started that series yet, but one of the early episodes will be about the four levels of reading uh, and interpreting God's Word. There's the Peshat, which is the surface, the literal uh, message that's being spoken. And there are other commentators even today that only focus on this. And then beside the Peshat, there's the Remez, uh, which means a hint. And uh, then there, below that, there's Darosh, which means search. And then there's Sod, which means secrets. And we'll talk about these later. But um, Rashi focused on the Peshat. And by his own admission, this is what he focused on. This was the thing that uh, he wanted people to really take hold of. Because until you understand the surface message of what the Word is saying, it doesn't make a lot of sense to try to go deeper until you know what it's actually literally saying first. Rashi's is the first commentary that Torah students learn in Yeshiva. There are many commentaries written by many sages over the millennia, but Rashi's is the first one they start with. And it's the first one I'm starting with as I introduce this series. There are several miracle legends surrounding Rashi's birth. Um, one of them is that uh, while his mother was carrying Rashi, uh, while she was pregnant, she and her husband, Rashi's father, lived in Germany. And I believe it was in Worms, Germany, where the legend says she was going down a very narrow cobbled lane in the city and while she was going, there was a, a large wagon, horse-drawn wagon that came down. It was out of control. And there was no way she could escape it. She was going to die. This was going to hit her. And so she squeezed up as close to the wall on one side as she could. And a miracle happened. The wall actually bowed in. So she was out, out of the lane when the, when the wagon went by. And so even to this day, if you go to uh, this city, I believe it's Worms, in Germany, there's a wall there that has this big like dent in it. And they say that's where Rashi's mother, uh, is, her life was saved when the wall bent in. God worked a miracle to save her life and the life of her, her, um, her infant she was carrying. Rashi's commentaries had a profound influence on Christian scholars in the 12th to 17th centuries. So his influence went far outside of just Judaism. And uh, Christian scholars found his commentaries very influential and very helpful. And hundreds of commentaries have been written about Rashi's commentaries. And uh, if you do a search on the internet, you're gonna find so many different books about Rashi's books and commentaries about his commentaries and how to use his commentaries, how to study his commentaries. Now, one of the editions that I really enjoy and rely on is published by Art Scroll Publishers, the same ones who publish the, uh, the Comish that I just held up. And uh, I think this is even available in paperback. And this is the Genesis volume. 
And it's set up much like many Komish. It's got the Hebrew and the English and Rashi's commentary, but it's also translated into English, which is very helpful. And so I'm going to close by just taking one example, just one um, citation from his commentary. Now, this comes from Genesis, and it's chapter 3 and verse 9. And this is after Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, and God comes through, and it says, And Adonai Elohim called out to the man and said, Where are you? Okay, we're all familiar with the verse. Now, this is what Rashi comments on that verse, Genesis 3, 9. Where are you? God knew where he was. But he nonetheless asked as, so as to enter into conversation with him, so that he should not be too startled to respond, as he might were he to punish him suddenly. So instead of God just coming in, I saw what you did, and now this is what's going to happen to you, he starts gently by simply saying, where are you? Knowing all, full well where Adam and Eve were hiding. And then Rashi goes on and says, similarly with Cain. He said to him, Where is Abel, your brother? And so with Balaam, God asked, Who are these men with you? So as to enter into conversation with them. And so with Hezekiah, with the messengers of Merodach Baladan. And then there are references here. So he gives other examples where God catches someone who's done something wrong, but instead of just jumping on him, he asked a question first. And this is the sort of insight you will uh, garner from reading Rashi's commentary. Very thought-provoking. And you'll find that when you read Rashi's commentaries, it will lead you into further study of your own. So, I hope you've enjoyed this brief episode of Sage Advice. All of these will be fairly short. And um, I encourage you to check out some of these works and um, you'll find some favorites of your own. So until next time, I wish you shalom and God bless. Over and out.